minutes on the card, so... <laughs> not doing that. Welcome to Wrench Life. Hello. This is where you wrench your life? We're, can you believe this is episode six already? Yeah. Is it six? Yeah, five? Six. This would be six, because five goes up today. That's pretty crazy. Because we're ahead of time. Yeah, this is, uh, my levels look pretty good. Boop. So yeah, we did, um, a couple already. We did one, you know, we did the three different types of podcast, right? So we did the, um, the, um... Uh, Mind Over Matter, the mom one. We did mm-hmm. Freudian Psychology. Uh, then we jumped in on Food, right? Yeah, food for that thought. was last week. And this one would be... Uh, Another mom? No, this one's called... Um, no. Ooh. We're gonna call, This series is uh, Our Body in Real Time. Ooh. Obert. Obert? Obert. Obert. Whatever. Obert. Um, this one might run a little long, so... We're going to play it by ear, and if it is, in fact, running long, we'll cut it and do a second one. <laughs> but before we can do anything at all about to talk about food at all, we really need to run down the basics of uh, micronutrition and macronutrition, Ooh. basically. That's a huge distinction that not enough people know about. So that's what today is going to be about, and I started outlining it, and then uh, real quick, well, not real quick, because I've been working on this for like two days. Real quickly, I'm six pages down but a lot of it's a lot of it should be pretty quick to get through so yeah how you doing blaze i'm a little tired they uh they're refinishing the apartment that down underneath mine yeah i think they were sounded like they had a planer running all day wow they need an airport good. for that yeah so planers are yeah, yeah. yeah, it's either that or like they're refinishing the floors, but the door was open and I didn't see any floors different, so I don't know what the hell they were doing. It could have been a, a sander or a planer. They sound yeah. pretty similar. All morning. The planer's a little bit higher pitched. Yeah. Mm. That mm. sucks. Yeah. Um, it's not their fault I wake up in the middle of the day like a garbage person, though, <laughs> so I can't really get too upset. Hey, listen, it's garbage can, not garbage cannot. <laughs> really like that one. Mm-hmm. All right, so here we go. This is micro and macro nutrition. That was a microaggression. Oh, God. <laughs> it's, a mac- it's about to be a macroaggression, all right, if you keep cutting me off. All right, I'm ready. I so, took a kickboxing class once. All right, go on. Nice. <laughs> um, did you get a kick out of it? Yeah. Wow. So this isn't about food, right, but it's about the building blocks of food and how they relate to our bodies and our lifestyles and at what time scale, right? So this is why this isn't in the food category, because this isn't really about the particulars of the food, although we will talk slightly about food. This is that connection where how the food relates to us and our health. So it's more about the body than the food, but this is kind of right in the middle, right? So before we can even get into that, there's two other things that are really, really, really important. But we have to do micro and macro before we can get into these next two things. But I'm going to touch on them briefly just so – because I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to mention them. So I have to outline them in the beginning. Mm-hmm. And that's nutrient density, which is uh, – if in all the Wrench Life documents, it'll be ND, nutrient density, and BA, bio, bioavailability, right? Mm-hmm. So before we can even talk about the building blocks of food, we need to talk about the building blocks – hold on a second. What did I write here? 
Oh, the building blocks of food are in fact the building blocks of our body, right? Yeah. What, what she, you are what she eat. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So these these things meet at an inter- intersection, which as we said in the beginning, wrench life is all about intersections. So, so this is an intersection of your lifestyle and actually your DNA and how it affects your epigenetics, which we'll get into another podcast as well. So remember, wrench life is about navigating through these intersections between micro and macro, nutrient density, bioavailability, all these things, right? But, yeah. So, but right before I get to actually the nutrient density thing, I'm going to give you the outline of the whole podcast, right? So we're going to roughly touch on nutrient density and bioavailability. Then I'll do a breakdown on basically what we can do with the information in today's podcast. I'm going to give it to you first. So you'll be like, so it'll like, you'll be, hopefully you'll be wanting the explanation Mm. and you can go back to it later. Right. Then we'll do the mindful moments. Then we'll break down micros and macros. Right. Mm -hmm. And a real important factor that you need to remember going forward is that carb essentially means sugar. Mm. Right. Carb means, if I say carb, it means sugar. I'm still upset about that, the video of the high fructose corn syrup truck at the Jenny Brewery. Mm-hmm. You saw that? Yeah. Yeah. I see that truck parked out there all the time. Bums me out. Like, I understand you could use some sweetener, but a tanker, like, I don't know how much Jenny they're actually brewing, but, I mean, that's, either way, it's still a lot. (laughs) That's why I stopped drinking cheap beer, because it's loaded with high fructose corn syrup. And when when we later on do our podcast about sugars, you'll know why that's so terrible. Mm-hmm. I can't stop drinking Jenny. So, nutrient density. It's pretty pretty obvious in the name, right? Plain and simple. It's how dense your food is in nutrient value. Wow. Mind-blowing, right? It's crazy. So, here's a skate park analogy. If you had a 50,000-square-foot skate park, and right in the middle there was a three-foot mini-ramp, that's very little ramp density. Very little, right? Yeah. And that's compared to how much you could fit in there, mm. right? So that's basically your food. You know, it's, um, generally, like, you're going to eat roughly the same amount of calories per meal that we all kind of do, right? But how much you get beyond those calories, which calories is just energy, right? Mm-hmm. What you get beyond that is completely dependent on your food choices. You can have, like, a big bowl of, you know, bleached white rice and you're going to get a ton of carbohydrates and energy and you're going to get literally nothing else right so it's kind of like another analogy for you macros are the gas in the tank and your micros are all the fluids and lubricants throughout there's far fewer of them but they are way more important if you only ever put gas in your car and you never lubricate or anything else it, it it's going to seize the motor's going to seize and there are a lot of people that are seizing Not like a seizure, but seizing, you know. (laughs) So, uh, nutrient density, right? It's cool. So, this is a really important one, right? So, your most... Here's a list of some of the most nutrient-dense foods that exist, which are salmon, kale, beef liver, shellfish, egg yolk, garlic, blueberries, avocados, sardines, and cacao. That's right. Chocolate. But not chocolate, cacao, because most chocolate is just like sugar yeah so it's 85 percent cacao and up like really yeah. dark shit yeah dark stuff sorry the, the, get the sugar out of there yeah right hershey's is not chocolate it's no. sugar yes exactly <laughs> now bioavailability 
is how available the micronutrients are within the food, right? This is the big, 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 I wrote it that many times, big thing to take away from this, right? This is the big one, right? Everything, all your micro and macros are either water-soluble or fat-soluble, okay? Mm -hmm. So you need a good source of fat in every meal. This is like a huge thing for the vegans and the vegetarians. So, you know. You need a healthy fat for those things to bind to or else exactly. they won't be bioavailable. So if you're right? not eating any fats, it's really going to, or you're not eating any animal products, it's really hard to get fats and good fats. So you should be going ham on avocados. And that was an ironic meat joke. <laughs> right? That's if you're not going to eat any animal products, like your your options are like vegetable oils, which are garbage, mm-hmm. or avocado. Yeah, that's, so you, which is good, but avocados are great, but like you know, avocado oil is super expensive, and you know, vegetable oils yeah. aren't, are a weird homogenization of a bunch of really not great oil. Yeah, other good plant based uh, plant based good fats would be like olive oil, coconut oil. And you should definitely avoid any industrial seed oils or any vague oils, you know. Margarine's basically plastic. Yeah, we'll get, actually we'll get into that a little mm-hmm. bit later. That's um, the big thing with, with the oils is omega-3 versus omega-6, mm. which we'll touch on that a little bit later. But that's a whole podcast in itself. But, yeah. So if you're having a salad, a little bit of um, oil and vinegar, it's a great move. So I'm going to give you one. Here's the example, right? There's a good example here. I'm my mouth's mad dry today. Kale. Kale, yeah, brother. Kale, right? This is the example. Kale. I'm gonna pick. A, I'm picked a particular thing to just break this analogy down, right? So kale is an excellent source of vitamin K, right? It's a good way to remember it. It in exact. It actually has one thousand percent of your. Daily recommended intake. That's your DRI. Mm-hmm. Nice. Yeah. Um, so, if you don't eat any fat with your kale... Do you don't get any of it? That basically drops to zero. Hmm. And the same happens with all the vitamin A in kale. And vitamin K is super important because it helps your blood clot. It's actually a cofactor in um, calcium, the, the way your body takes dietary calcium and stores it in the bones. It uses vitamin K to do so. Hmm. So, so kale makes your bones strong. It is a cofactor in it. So that there's all these complicated intersections between these things it can do. So, yeah, eat some fat. Hmm. But it gets more complicated. Ready? Mm-hmm. What do you do for a living? I cook. Exactly. Cooking. Lucky for all you on blood thinners. Vitamin K actually isn't affected by cooking. That was actually what I was going to ask, is if it, uh, any of those vitamins. But, the 70% of your daily recommended intake of vitamin C, when you cook the kale, Mm -hmm. you're going to lose a lot of it. Hmm. Oh, it gets better. Oh. Vitamin C is actually water soluble. So if you cook it and you boil it, Mm-hmm. Well, then you're going to lose pretty much all of it. Huh. So blanched kale is not... Uh, oh, blanched is probably okay. No, because you, you boil it and then you oh. stop the cooking process. 
So you don't cook it all the way, but... Well, if it's not cooked all the way, it's probably all right. Hmm. So yeah, basically, uh, bioavailability is really complicated, and there's this really good tool you could use to figure those things out. It's called Google. Oh. Yeah, so you can always Google it. Hmm. So generally, a quick steam is, they're all good. Hmm. Uh, and a key, few keynotes here. Um, eat your veggies. That's all caps. Don't, like, turn down the kale because it's cooked or something, you know. Don't don't be a baby. Just eat your vegetables. Eat as much vegetables as you can in every way you can. Because even eating a lower nutrient-density vegetable is better than not eating a vegetable. Yep. Right? The worst thing that happens is you eat poor vegetables. Yeah, right? That, you should eat. What's Michael Pollan's rule? Eat mostly food. plants, right? Yeah. Eat food, not so much, mostly plants, yeah. right? And one other note there is uh, for some people, their gut doesn't tolerate raw vegetables so well because the insoluble insoluble fiber, hmm. well, then cook them. You can work on your gut health later. Okay, right? Great. So, this is, um, that was just about bioavailability, right? Nutrient density, right? Mm-hmm. So, this will be a little more, this will be tech, this is also going to be technical, but... This is going to be an example of what you can do with learning about micros and macros and how it relates to the value of food, right? We're going to do a good one here. Boy. We're going to do the epic battle between the lentil burger and the real burger. That's beautiful. It's like poetry. It's going to be a showdown, dude. Oof. Yeah. So... Say you went into a restaurant, like your dad did. And he ate all the food in the restaurant. I heard your dad went into a restaurant and ate everything in the restaurant, and they had to close the restaurant. <laughs> and on the menu at that restaurant, they had a lentil burger and a real burger. So this is, this is going to be the wrench life equation. So this will be macros divided by nutrient density equals X, and X is the food value. Hmm. Right, we're gonna take bioavailability availability out of this for now. We're also gonna take the bun and all the other crap out of it as well. But a good rule for thumb is if you're gonna get a burger of any sort, get as much vegetables on it as you can because why not? Sneak them in there. Sneaky, so sneaky. this is the wrench life science of why a lentil burger does not stand a chance against a real burger in its food value. Yeah, and this is this is basically all on mat. This is all on macros. So the reason is going to be the carbs versus the protein, right? So 100 grams of lentils and 100 grams of beef beef both contain 26 grams of protein. Mm-hmm. So you're looking at about the same amount of protein, right? Yeah. Well, here's the kicker. Lentils have 60 grams of carbohydrates for the 30 grams of protein. Hmm. How many carbohydrates do you think the fat has? None. Exactly. Because it's fat. But it does have... 30 grams of, sh- not of sugar, 30 grams of fat. Mm-hmm. So you, you're, you're saying to get 26 grams of protein, mm-hmm. you could either get 30 grams of fat or 60 grams of carbohydrates. Well, that sounds like a pretty easy, well, people think that's bad and it's not bad. And although, uh, it's good fat. Yeah. Although lentils, uh, do score generally low in glycemic index and it is a, uh, a we- more complex carbohydrate. Which means it won't get converted into, like, bad sugars into you? Right? Yeah, it just burns slower, essentially. Okay. You can get the same amount of protein with few, few, far few 
carbohydrates. Mm -hmm. And actually, you can get it with zero carbohydrates, right? Mm -hmm. Compared, you know, beef here has, is very low in glycemic index because there's no carbohydrates in it. Mm -hmm. But let's look at what the lentils do offer, right? Looks like about 8 grams of fiber. A quarter of that soluble fiber. So... So you're getting really not so much. two grams of fiber. We could, we're going to touch on the micros here just a tiny bit, right? The, the lentils have a pretty decent spectrum of B vitamins, but no B12. And looks like about 15% of your daily recommended allowance of choline and a decent amount of folate. So it's not, not too bad. I mean, if you're not going to eat meat, it's not terrible. Well, here's another one. The fat-soluble stuff in that burger, that lentil burger. You're not going to get any of the vitamin A, any of the vitamin E, or any of the vitamin K out of that lentil burger because you don't have a source of fat with it. So, I mean, they could have like a, like a vegan mayonnaise or something on that. What if it just had like a slab of avocado on it? That would make That would help. Yeah. You should put avocado on everything, really. <clears throat> That's something I remember you saying forever ago. You're like, I just want to do well in life to add guacamole to anything I want without having to worry about it. <laughs> yeah, right? It's words to live by. <laughs> so, the lentils do have some minerals in it, with that, but they're pretty negligible. Mm -hmm. And it is a somewhat solid source of protein as far as non-animal protein goes. So, it's like not, on its own, it doesn't look that bad. But then you stack it up next to a real... So we're going to say it's a grass-fed burger, right? It's going to just obliterate it. You go from less than 15% of a, a B vitamin spectrum and no B12 with the lentil. On the grass burger, grass-fed burger, you're getting 60% of your daily B12. 45% mm. of all your B3s and B6s. Also 45% of a selenium. And actually... Um, Oh, and your omega-3s, 35% of your zinc and your phosphorus, and it actually matches the choline in the lentils with 15%. And it has CLA, which is a trans, the good trans fat, conjugated lenolytic acid. Hmm. So you're looking at the micros, it's like, it doesn't stand a chance. At the macros, it doesn't look so great. At the micros, it's horrible. Hmm. It's, uh, again, if you don't, if you really don't want to eat meat, I mean, it's the best shot you have, probably. Who knows what those, like, 3D-printed burgers are going to be like. Yeah. It's... Those impossible burgers or whatever. Yeah, it's not really great. So, that's just one food. And it's. I know this sounds super complex. You know, it's like, wow, there's a lot going on. But the, what I want people to take away from this is that is is rough information, two or three points. Like, okay, what are the micronutrient <clears throat> nutrient value? Like I said, the grass fed burger, a regular burger is going to have a lot of that stuff, but a little bit less than the micros. Generally, between grass fed stuff and regular stuff, your macros are the same. The micros are where the differences are made up. So that's why grass fed stuff is better, and why generally organic stuff is better because you get more of those micros. And the other. Thing I said in the beginning that it's about um, time scale, mm -hmm. essentially. Micros are daily, essentially. Yeah. You, there's actually a bunch of micro calculators online you could look up based on your lifestyle and your size. They'll tell you roughly what you should do, and, and I encourage you to play with those numbers a little bit. Obviously, if you're trying to lose weight, you want to eliminate carbohydrates. 
you should eliminate carbohydrates for the most part anyway because you're living on that glucose roller coaster where you crash and burn all the time and you're tired you're like, i'm tired i still don't do anything after work because i'm tired it's like oh are you tired Gym. what's a gym? I don't even know what a gym is. You can't get to the gym because you're tired. Yeah. <coughs> it's like, oh, yeah, because you're eating. to make some lifestyle changes. You're eating all that sugar all the time, and you're on the glucose roller coaster, and then you crash, and then you eat dinner, and you're like, Bleh. What uh, What exactly do B vitamins do for you? Like Everything. Is, everything? B12 is huge. That's the one that uh, is pretty much unavailable if you're, you don't eat meat, right? Yeah, there's yeah. no B12. B12 is only in animal products. Okay. I could pull. I have it uh, in notes on my phone if you want to give me thirty. Not even thirty seconds. Ten seconds. Yeah. Is that the is that the one vitamin that you your body shuts off the receptor for if you don't have it for too long? You're saying something once about. Oh about yeah, B twelve B twelve deficiency causes permanent damage. Yeah. It's really important for brain health. Mm-hmm. Where is this note? Hmm. There it is. Oh, yeah. So, B12 is required in the human brain. It's not found in any plant forms. It's a cofactor in methylation. Uh, that's the DNA uh, replication, how it turns on and off genes. So it, um, it plays a factor in the development of neurotransmitters in the brain. It's also a cofactor in producing myelinin. Myelinin? Yeah, the, that's the protective sleeve around your nerves. Uh, one of my friends this week was saying he's having a carpal tunnel issue, and I said, are you eating enough animal products, you know? Because mm-hmm. carpal tunnel could be repetitive use, or it could be that as well. Just the carpal tunnel, it's like the, the, the like, um, nerve sleeve is, like, binding in, in oh. like, the, in, like, the, it's like, um, you pinch your, uh, housing on your brake I was just thinking yeah. that, yeah. Yeah, totally. <laughs> B12 is huge. B12, if you're not getting enough B12, you're probably, it's very common to have brain fog. Mm. It's very common to be, like, flustered and confused and all those things that most people have all the time. It's very possible that not getting enough B12 and omega-3 uh, is contributing to the mental health, I don't want to say crisis, but the state of mental health in people, mm-hmm. and, and especially in the youth, the kids are developing, developing brains are not getting enough B12, and then they're all, you know, they all have, I want what does every kid have now? ADD. Yeah. They have trouble paying attention. Yeah. Hmm. Well, what's the side effect of not getting enough B12? Oh. Brain fog, not paying attention. Oh, wow. Interest, sadness. How is this not... This, it blows my mind This isn't the conversation people are having. That, yeah. like... That they're, like... They talk about all this childhood development, but no one's talking about, like... No one food. wants to talk about diet, ever. Unless, I put the unless dye it's in a, diet. <laughs> we're all putting the dye in diet. We're all dying. <laughs> Yes. I'm 24 now. It's time time to start dying. <laughs> I think you start dying around 21, actually. Ah, dang it. Well, whatever. I mean, good. It's insane. <laughs> it's just absolutely insane. That's why I take all my fish oils. Okay, so... We're going we're gonna to do our mindful moments now. Yes. Then we're going to break it. I'll break down the macros first, and if the time isn't too long i'll break down the micros like i said it's like a bunch of pages long but a lot of them are um really simple like zinc does this comes from there come back zinc zinc have you seen that simpsons episode 
they're watching like terrible documentaries in class, and one of them mm. is about if he didn't have zinc. Oh, really? Yeah. That's funny. There's like no zinc, the phones don't work, and then the kid tries to kill himself at the end, and he's like, ah, your pistol doesn't work because there's no zinc, and he's like, no! <laughs> I don't even remember that. <laughs> Sounds terrible, though. That's a good one. So, how, um, what do you got for me? I, um, you want, I don't want, let's go backwards, let's work, just do the beautiful moment last. Mm. I think that's a better transition. So you, got, you, got, you got any uh, uh, anger, temper moments? Hold on. Pack your f- okay, so I know this these will go live on Monday or Tuesday, but we're recording it today, which is... Friday. Which means last night was... Thursday. Which means I did... Bowling. Oh my god, dude, I was gonna lose it. Holy shit. Were you upstairs? No. What? We were, dude, I threw, (laughs) I threw more gutter balls than I threw balls that hit pins in the game. For those of you that don't know, Dave gets extremely angry while bowling. And it's not even. It's pretty much the same as when you're trying a trick all day. It's a, it's, I, get, I see the same angry Dave. <laughs> yeah. Um, and it's insane. Like, And it's not about competition with other people. It's about competition with myself. I used to bowl. I used to bowl, you know, somewhat decent. You know, maybe average 115 on games, you know, mm. 120. Like, always broke 100. Always. Now I can't break, like, 70. And I threw, at one point I threw four gutter balls in a row. I did 8 out of 10 gutter balls through the second half. Oof. Dude, it was so bad. And the first three frames, I did well. Yeah. I was, uh, the lane felt good. I had a good curve going. I got a strike in the second frame, and I was like, oh, shit, I got it. Like, it's back. I got my game back. (laughs) And then it just deteriorated, and it's just like, I'm doing everything the way I think I should be doing it based on how it worked in the past, and there's seemingly nothing I can point out why it's not. It, and I, just, I lost. I was, I dude, I like, oh my god, I was so mad, and it's so silly because I like I'm so patient, and it's just one of those things. Last night was the maddest I've ever been like doing. Like I was pissed, dude. Like way madder than any time filming a trick. Like wow. I think one time I I threw my gutter ball and I sat back down on the table like this. And just kept my eyes closed, looking down, breathing steadily, trying to find my cool before my turn came around again. I got, I was like coming back the one time and Nate said something and I was like, I was like, don't fucking talk to me. <laughs> I know I'm not trying to swear on the show, but. I can see it's too angry. Dude, I was angry. so mad. <laughs> so how about you? Uh, I don't think I got that angry That's this great. week. Yeah, I don't know. It's great to not get mad, and it's great that my one mad thing is just a funny mad thing, yeah. not a real mad thing. I was real sad this week. Not a whole lot of anger. Did you? Did you? Have, you, you didn't have an anxiety attack or anything. No, I did. I had like a. I had. A, I have one. I have one sad moment that'll go into a beautiful moment. But the other annoying thing that happened this week, I don't really want to talk well, about on the podcast. But it's very often that beautiful moments come out of sad moments. Some of the. Best and worst of both are very tied together. Yeah. We know this. We love this. This is the intro song. Beethoven's 
Tuesday I was at the park and mm-hmm. I like I came in to ride for a little bit mm-hmm. and I was just not feeling it I was just bummed mm-hmm. I was like sitting at the mini ramp by myself tried to ride alone yeah it's how it always is for me though so I'm like it's extra frustrating mm. I mean the last few years riding with you is different but mm. most of my riding career is like no one wants to ride okay um but I was just like bumming I even came up to the counter. I'm like, man, I'm I'm bummed. <laughs> I'm yeah, like depressed. I'm like, this sucks. And then I just went out and I just kept trying ice fakies on the on the sub box, and I kept getting like real close. And like it was it was fun to fight with a trick and get one. I love the battle. Yeah, and it was stupid because I just kept like I kept messing up like the fakie. I get all the way to the other wall, and then my foot would come off. I'm like, why? Mm. It doesn't make any sense. But then I did that, and I got another stupid line around the bowl, and I felt mm. pretty all right. It felt a lot better. There's always a weird thing when you ride alone where it's like there's no one there watching, so you're like, why do you do it? And there's definitely a switch that happens in my head when I get into the zone where I could like battle a trick without anyone around. You yeah. Know? I haven't I don't usually find that um that space when I'm alone, but because I'm just usually too injured and I don't want to push <laughs> myself anyway. Yeah. So it's like <clears throat> when I get people to ride with, then I get like that switch, like, cool, there's, there's energy, there's people yeah, to yeah. ride with, there's something to feed off of. When I'm just staring at it, and I'm like, I could do anything on this, then the anxiety kicks in. I'm like, well, I, hmm. if I do that, I might get hurt this way, and then I just don't do anything. So it was hmm. nice to try and break through that and just... Fikes are great. Yeah. Been trying to three the spine more. That's fun. Been trying to get my box jump tricks back. Hmm. That's scary. Hmm. <laughs> I'm thinking about cutting down the cranks box into a normal flat deck jump. What do you think about that? That'd be cool. Yeah. I don't know. I I want to three it. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. It'd be cool to have like a a like a fly out spot or like a box or something. Because yeah. the best fly out right now is like the the hip. Yeah. Yeah. Whatever. That's a skate park podcast. Skate park podcast wrong one. <laughs> so I had a a pretty pretty beautiful moment. Um, and it was only beautiful because it was a little, like, hurdle, like, so, well, the moment was beautiful, but what led to it made it beautiful. Uh, You know me, I'm always doing a bunch of shit all the time, a bunch of stuff all the time, and, and quite frequently, when when I hang out with, with the, uh, girlfriend, we always say, oh, we're gonna do this, or we're gonna do that, and a lot of times we don't, Mm -hmm. because, you know, I work a lot, and I'm really busy a lot, and, you know, she's single mom and so so that when we finally get our time to relax it's like we just end up sitting down and it's like <sighs> and that and that's nice yeah but it, like it it, it it irks me that i'm always like we're gonna do this and then we just don't you know mm-hmm. and uh what is it so i think it's on wednesday she was she doesn't work and i don't work till the afternoon and i was like i made sure i got everything done on tuesday and we're like, we're going to do this and that. And then she came over and then we just laid down and it was, you know, it's nice. And mm-hmm. then I think we might have even acknowledged to ourselves, so we're not going to leave the house, are we? <laughs> and I was like, <sighs> yeah, uh, uh, <laughs> it just, and it was, it was really nice on Wednesday too. And mm-hmm. we basically decided we weren't. And then I was like, no. We're doing it. You know, we're getting up. 
so that was like that moment where we actually were like, all right, no, we're gonna do it. It's gonna be worth it, you know. Mm -hmm. And we went. We basically just went to Durand, uh, and walked around the trails a little bit. That's and great. There's this, there's this really cool spot. Um, With the like, castle? No, it's um, there's two lakes in Durand. It's Eastman Lake and Durand Lake, and I don't remember which one it is, but there's a fifty-fifty shot of getting here. So, let's say it's Durand Lake. <laughs> And there's like a little peninsula, and on the peninsula there's like this bench. It's actually one of our customers, uh, Duke. He's an older skateboarder guy. I think it was his brother passed away. Oh, there's really? a spot he liked, and they allowed them to call it like, um, I forget his name. Maybe it's Clark or Colin or something like that, but it's like Colin's Point or something. So there's like a little bench and uh, like a plaque, and it's like, you know, the lake goes right up to... Um, whatever the road that goes through Durand is. So it, when you're sitting on the bench, you're either looking long ways across the pond mm -hmm. into the woods or you're looking the other way across the pond and then over out into the Great Lake. Mm -hmm. You know, and it was, you know, 50-something degrees. It was nice and mild. And we did the walk and we left the house and we did it and it was great and it was nice and could have been a touch warmer because once you're not walking anymore. But yeah, that's a little cold. It was a really good experience. <clears throat> She'd never been in Durand before. Really? At least not in that you know, part. Not in the yeah, not in the, the non beach part of Durand. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of great trails back there. So it was really awesome. Like trails. we just it was weird for me to walk on trails that I only <laughs> ever ridden. You know, I yeah. never rode on any of those trails. I mean, I never walked any of them. I just mm -hmm. ride through. So that was really it was actually quite awesome. We came home and I made breakfast, but it was like probably two in the afternoon. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. it's breakfast time. So I had like a twenty hour fast or something. Sick. It was really great. It was, it was just, That's beautiful. It's like poetry. Yeah. It was, it was nice. I enjoyed it thoroughly. Great. Well, that's awesome. I got really drunk on Wednesday night. Thanks for the invite. That was, that was, that was bad. What did I do on Wednesday? Wednesday. 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 Yesterday was Thursday. What the hell did I do on Wednesday? Oh, I went to the girlfriend's house. Hmm. Yeah. Because normally we hang out on Tuesdays, Tuesday nights, but I saw Amy LeVere at Abilene. She uh, was really good. Yeah. I was the youngest person there, <laughs> like, without any question, period. Like, there wasn't even someone that you could be like, maybe? No. <laughs> no. I was the youngest person there. The show was great. Amy LeVere is phenomenal. Yeah, I saw, that, uh, I saw that the Insta or Snap story about it. It's great. They had Space Kitty there. Sweet. So I had a couple of those. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. It might have been the space kitties that may have enticed me to have ambitious text messages like, we should go to Durand and, you know. <laughs> oh, whatever. Anyway, <sighs> we're going to jump back in here. Macro nutrition. We're going to go over your macros, baby. Macro. Yo, you count your macros, bro? You count your macros, bro? Yeah, bro. You're, any, any assholes to count them? Uh, sorry, I'm not supposed to swear. Count their macros. I don't think counting your macros is, is important. I think it's a useful tool to go online, look up some macro counters, see what they tell you to do, and then maybe play around a little bit with it. Like, here's an example of how it worked out for me. When I first tried to do intermittent fasting, it didn't work. Mm. After two weeks, my energy just dropped. I didn't really even know what happened. But later on, after I had really cut my carbohydrates down and cut out my sugars I tried fasting again and it worked fantastic so in hindsight I now realize that 
for me personally, my sugar intake was just too high to be able to make it through fasting because I was riding the glucose roller coaster too much. I was still, you know, grabbing a cliff bar. I'd have, I'd get up, I'd have breakfast as soon as I woke up. Then I, you know, then I'd have a cliff bar going to ride, right? Then I tried to fast, so I would try to cut out the breakfast. And then I it just, like, I wasn't used to going that long without eating. Hmm. I was too used to the ups and downs. I was eating something that was going to spike my sugar before I started riding. So I had to, like, retrain my body to ride in, like, a fasted state and to not be, like, my, not have my body looking at the, looking for the glucose stored in my muscles that I had to be riding, you know, in, like, a blood ketone type deal. Yeah. That's interesting because when I, I started doing the intermittent fat or being more conscious of it when you started doing it, and I just decided not to eat until way, like until I absolutely had to. And now I go to the gym. Every time I go to the gym in the morning, I don't eat before. So I do like a fasted, it's not just cardio, it's, you know, full body workout. Yeah. So it's like I'll stop eating it, I don't know, sometimes as, you know, I do like a 12-hour fast at least every day. Yeah, you should do at least a 12-hour fast. Yeah. There's that, the one study they always cite in fasting research was women that had um, breast cancer. Uh, one group of women got to just go do whatever they wanted. Another group of w- women did 12-hour intermittent fasts, and they were allowed to drink tea and coffee within their fast. So 12 hours isn't even that much. No. But the women who fasted had 36% less, uh, what's it called when cancer comes back? Relapse? Um, no. Remission or no? Sorry, remission. Yeah, no, remission. Relapse. Well, basically, when, the the women that fasted twelve hours a day, thirty thirty percent less chance of cancer coming back. Mm. So that's pretty significant. That's yeah. just twelve hours of fasting. That's yeah, that's not, just not eating until yeah. That's until basically the of the day. Uh, you know pushing back your breakfast a little bit, not having that late night snack. Essentially, mm. not sitting in front of the TV, yeah. eating a whole sleeve of Oreos. Rich, I just really like cookies. Maybe it was Chips Ahoy. I don't remember. But what I'm saying is I'm, I ride the roller coaster. I'm pretty much all glucose. Yeah. I'm, I drink cheap beer and mm, yeah. I eat a lot of carbs. Mm-hmm. Like I ate a bowl of pasta for dinner last night. I didn't eat much else yesterday. So one of the interesting things about that is that um, in the morning, your uh, insulin tolerance is at its peak. Hmm. But what you do get out of complex uh, carbohydrates the benefits you get from them are are more beneficial later in the day for some reason. And I don't know exactly the science on that, hmm. which is interesting. So obviously reinforcing what we know, complex carbs are better than simple carbs, and you should never eat refined carbs, which is actually what I'm about to get into right now. So your macros, ready? Generally speaking, macros are energy, and they provide growth. It's energy and growth in the body, right? Mm-hmm. Carbohydrates, a.k.a. sugar, proteins, a.k.a. lipids, and fats, right? So here's something we could plug back into that thing we talked about earlier. Generally, carbs and protein are uh, 4 calories per gram, and fats are 9 calories per gram. So when you go back to that, the fat versus the carb in the lentil burger, actually how many calories are based in those grams it's actually pretty similar. But you're not on the glucose roller coaster with the fat. So let's talk about carbs here. Let's talk about carbs, a.k.a. sugar. Because what, what do we say? Carbs are sugar, right? Yeah. We know that. Everyone knows that. 
sugar is like a whole nother podcast. Each one of these things, we probably will do a podcast on the specifics of it. This is going to keep try to keep it low resolution, right? So to understand carbs, you kind of need a little background on grains because carbs are mostly coming from grains, right? Mm-hmm. What are the three parts of the grain? You know, the the sperm, the germ, <laughs> sperm. endosperm. It's not no. It's all three parts. The same thing. It's en- endosperm, endosperm is one. Mm-hmm. Uh, I remember we had a diagram about this in culinary class. Mm-hmm. And I don't remember. You it. said germ already. Yeah, germ, endosperm. The brand. The brand. The brand, okay. Which is the outside, right? Yep. Great. Fantastic. Did you used to work at a bakery? Yeah. Oh, wow. Sure did. Um, so the brand is the outer layer, and it's rich in fiber. The fiber would help everything get through the digestive system. The germ is the inner layer, which is rich in all your nutrients, mm-hmm. right? And the endosperm is the bulk of it. It's uh, the kernel. Mm-hmm. Contains some vitamins and minerals, but for the most part, that's really where the carbs are. That's where your refined carbs are, right? <sighs> there are three types of carbohydrates, refined, simple, and complex, right? Now, here's a cool story that kind of ties, or a cool little thing that ties to Rochester, you know, the flower city. Mm-hmm. Rochester is the flower city, F-L-O-W-E-R. It used to be the flower city, F-L-O-U-R, right? Because mm-hmm. we have the Genesee River and High Falls, Low Falls, Middle Falls. We could use that hydropower to crush grain, right? So you can kind of blame America's fat problem on rich people, or more specifically on the envy of rich people. Because mm-hmm. back in the day, rich people <clears throat> would pay servants to grind up their flour super, super fine. They'd get all, they'd get all the germ and the endosperm, as much of it out of it as they can, and then when hydro... Um, power came along, they could further that process, but it became a thing where poor people had whole grain breads that were like, yeah, I guess not as good because there's, there's less sugar, so they're more, you know, bread's a whole crazy thing. Mm-hmm. Like what we have is bread people a thousand years ago would not recognize as bread. Bread. They'd yeah. be like, what is this sponge thing? Yeah. But white, but rich people had white um, bread. I'm sorry, poor people envied the, the nice, fine, sweeter breads rich people had. Mm-hmm. So that primed the market to make, you know, to over-process their breads. And actually what happened with, um, this is where Wonder Bread came from. We had all these, like, ref- basically this is the, the inception of refined carbohydrates, is they would just grind them so fine that they're just like this, it, it's like basically like the, it's like cocaine of, of, of wheat, essentially. Mm-hmm. And then people were getting scurvy in America. So they started to fortify the bread. That's Wonder Bread. Hmm. They took the wheat that had the germ and the endosperm and the bran and had everything you needed, the fiber and the micronutrient. And then they, they said, all right, let's throw away all this crap that's good. Yeah. Take just the sugars, make this product. Oh, shit, the product's not right. All right, well, we're going we're gonna to fortify it with these. We're going to enrich it with vitamins and minerals that we're going to develop in a lab or something. Hmm. Not just... Use the... Take a step back in the process and fix the system. Yeah, that's the difference between uh, we said corporatism and, and um, capitalism. Mm-hmm. Big problem, right? Big problem. So, give you some, some examples of some carbs, just so we know. You know, carbs: bread, pasta, rice, nuts, candy, cakes. Refined carbs are absolutely terrible. You should avoid them like the plague. Um, 
your refined carbs, you look at that's like bleached flour and processed flours and processed sugars and anything with hydrogenated, bromamated crap. It's pure garbage. Don't eat that crap. It's no good. Your simple carbs are, um, you know, generally the rules, they only have, they have one or two sugar molecules, not just a simplified, you know, micro version of one. So a simple carb would be like a pasta, which is, you know, you make a dough. It's, it's you know, they've been doing it like that for hundreds of years. You know, it's, it's a simple carb. It's not terrible. And generally, carbs will give you a quick source of energy. They are digested rapidly. That is the glucose roller coaster effect we talked about. Uh, they're basically kind of like the real version of what the uh, processed carbs would be, you know, like a real dough and real bread or whatever, you know. Complex carbs are basically born of whole grains. Mm hmm. They also sometimes are referred to as dietary starches, which further differentiates them. They're made of uh, sugar molecules that are strung together in more complex. They kind of look like a, a necklace or a branch, like a coil. It's a more complex thing. That's why they call them complex, because they're mm -hmm. molecularly complex. They're often rich in the fiber because they have the uh, endosperm there, so they can they digest better. They everything about them is better. Realistically, uh, the only carbs you should eat are complex carbs, really. But some simple carbs, okay. Something that a lot of people don't realize is that uh, whole plant foods are basically carbohydrates. Like a broccoli is a carb, mm -hmm. but there's so much going on in it, and the the um, complexity of the um, what's the word? phytonutrients in plants is so complex it requires so much energy to break down those <coughs> molecules that it outweighs the uh, glycemic spike that you would get from it the carbohydrates are actually in it i see yeah hmm. what do we say eat your damn vegetables stop being a baby just eat them i know why i don't eat like damn broccoli. vegetables what's that uh daniel tosh joke that um uh Broccoli's a lot like anal. If you're forced to have it's it, like a like kid, spinach, you, can't, yeah. you can't appreciate it as an adult. It's a terrible joke. Plus, they're both green, you know. Oh Jesus, <laughs> that's hilarious. Um, it's such a good joke. <laughs> yeah, your complex carbs are great, man. That's vegetables essentially. Most people don't realize that vegetables are carbohydrates, and but you'll know that like it's obvious. Like a potato is more starchy. Mm -hmm. It's a dietary starch carbohydrate than uh, a a a broccoli. A broccoli. Moving along, eat your vegetables. Next, protein. Eat your protein. You should eat protein. Protein's great for you. Good. Protein is a nutrient needed by the body for growth and maintenance. Aside from water, protein are, proteins are the most abundant kind of molecule in the body. Proteins can be found in, the, in all cells of the body, all the major structural components, and the cells within those structural components, especially muscle right but it doesn't limit it to muscle they're also in your organs in your hair in your skin uh, protein is also in the membranes around other things oh man this is pretty technical here we got glycoproteins which that's what the, the type of protein that are in your membranes those get broken down into amino acids those are the precursors to nucleic acid which is a coenzyme that makes hormones it's involved in 
immune response, cellular repair, and other molecules that are essential for life. Sounds important. Protein is also needed to form blood. You need that. Interesting about protein is most people actually eat enough protein. It's one of those things that, like, you just, like, crave it when you need it. Mm -hmm. They don't really understand why with protein that works, but with other uh, macros it doesn't. So generally, most people eat enough protein uh, unless they've chosen some sort of uh, philosophy or ideology that, that is saying, I'm not going to eat protein because protein's bad because it hurts my feelings or something like that. Mm. Not trying to talk shit, but I'm talking shit. You're not, not killing anything by eating mm-hmm. grains. Proteins are essential for the human body, okay? In, in terms of... The body, if it's ever called essential, it means it is not created in the body, but it is needed in the body. That's what essential means regarding food stuff, right? Um, like I said, they're the building blocks of your tissue and the proteins and the polymer chains and the amino acids, like it, it, the peptide bonds. It, it's everything. Like it's it's like the structure of everything. If you don't eat protein, like your body cannot fix itself, dude. That's why power lifters and Gym guys love eating meat because they're, when they're working out, they're tearing those muscle fibers and they need to repair it. Makes Your body sense. has this crazy way of taking proteins and, and breaking them down into pieces and reassembling them into other things they need, you know? So that, that's why there's only proteins are kind of just proteins. It's not as complex as like the micros. Mm-hmm. Your body has evolved really well to kind of handle all of them. But humans shouldn't eat meat, right? <laughs> yeah. That's what they say. There are actually nine essential amino acids. And like I said, essential means they are not created in the body. You have to get them through diet. Mm -hmm. And if you don't, you'll get protein, energy, malnutrition, which can result in death. Hmm. So I thought it would be funny to list some of these proteins just because I'm terrible at pronouncing things. So they're uh, phylonionine, valine, theronine, Tripopafan. Oh, it's tryptophan. Tryptophan. Uh, Methanonanin, uh, lysine, isolysine, lysine, histidine. <laughs> beta hydroxybutyrate. Oh no, that's that's lit. We'll talk. We'll talk about beta beta hydroxybutyrate <laughs> later. Not in this podcast. Um, yeah, those are the nine essentials. Uh, then there are five amino acids that the body can produce on its own. You, from those nine, and I'm not going to read those because I've embarrassed myself enough, right? Yeah, so when you use your muscles, they get damaged. When you live, when you live, there is damage. Dietary mm-hmm. protein is giving you the material to fix the damage. Breathing slowly kills you. Yeah. <laughs> Here's your analogy. Uh, living is, is, life is a river, right? And protein is like the sediment that's on the bottom of the river, right? And it's constantly getting washed downstream, but it's constantly coming in from upstream through the runoff and through the erosion, right? But if you don't have more silt and dirt coming into the water, well, then that riverbed goes down to bedrock, and then you get buried because you're dead. So eat your freaking protein, dude. Eat it. Eat the um, protein. Fat. Based on the time here, we're going to do fats, and then we're going to save micronutrition for another one. Sweet. So this is fat, and I wrote it with 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11 T's. Ooh. I love good fats. Good fats. Can you name the four fats? No. Hmm. Right? 
You can try. Uh, 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 no. Oh, you're saturated fat. Oh, saturated, uh, unsaturated. No? Those are, those well, are... kind of. So, okay. No. I got, I got to say, no. <laughs> no, it's fine. You, well, you're on the right track because there's monounsaturated and polyunsaturated, and they're, di- they're different, but yeah. they're both the unsaturated fats, and then there's trans fats. The big thing to take away from the fats is is the, the omega-3 to 6 ratio is really, really, really important, right? Yeah. I say I eat a fat-based diet. I do not do keto. I do eat carbohydrates, but generally fat-based and that means that the primary source of energy in my body is through dietary fat, right? So saturated fat, that's uh, beef, liver, pork, cream, butter, ghee. Uh, it's in some smaller amounts in like coconut and egg yolk. Right? Those are all good fun stuff. I love all that stuff. I bought a tub of ghee butter this week. Oh. Hearts is uh, closing, so mm. 10% off. I got a oh, $2 off. Um, monounsaturated fats are also great for you. Saturated fats are great for you. If anyone tells you fat's bad for you, they're wrong. They're an wrong. idiot. Wrong. You are fake, fake news. news. Yeah. Fat is not bad for you. It's good. Saturated fat is great for you. Anyone that still says eating fat raises your, raises your cholesterol and risk of heart attack is does not know that the science has changed. And if your doctor tells you that, your doctor's wrong, and I'll give you $1,000. Well, <laughs> I'm not going to give you $1,000, but I would bet $1,000 that they're wrong, because they're wrong. Anyway, monounsaturated fats, also good for you. That would be olive oil and olives, macadamia nuts, avocado, almonds, duck, fat, egg yolk. Those are good. One thing you need to watch with the monos is uh, they tend to be higher in the omega-6, especially uh, with nuts and avocado. But there's things you can do to balance that out, right? Trans fats. Trans fats is an interesting one because I actually didn't know there was good trans fats. Hmm. I only thought there was bad trans fats. I thought trans fats were just like the made-up ones. But it turns out trans fats, natural well, they have artificial and natural. So artificial trans fats are garbage. Natural trans fats are actually really good for you, and you only need a tiny, you don't need a lot of them. It's actually, it's, you can also hear it referred to as CLA, congelated linoleic acid. That'd be in grass-fed dairy, which will have three to five times as much of it versus industrial uh, dairy or beef. Uh, it's in anything that has cow milk or beef lamb, a little bit in pork, right? Artificial trans fat is pure garbage, absolute dog crap that's like margarine, yeah. fake fake fats. It, that's just like the worst crap in the world. It, it's the fat they use. It's like the crappy oil they use in processed foods and cakes and all that garbage. Fake food. <clears throat> you are fake food. <laughs> you, you are, are fake, fake food. <laughs> Uh, polyunsaturated fats. This is really the omega battlefield we were talked about a little bit earlier. You've, uh, you know the three types of omega-3 fatty acid? No. Really? Yeah. I probably do if you start saying it, but I don't know. EPA, DHA, ALA. I wouldn't have guessed any of those. I don't know what any of those stand for. Cool. I know A. That's alpha-lenolenic acid. I know that one. Hmm. I don't know the other ones. 
Omega-3 is the shit. It's the best thing for you. Uh, it's generally speaking anti-inflammatory. It's mostly found in deep greens and algaes or the planet planets or the animals that eat those plants. Omega-6 is uh, generally found in seeds and the animals that eat seeds. It's associated with higher rates of general uh, inflammation throughout the body. It may be one of the main pieces in the uh, American obesity epidemic. Hmm. Uh, in this book, not this book, damn it, the other book, uh, Chris Kresser's book, I should say all this information I'm reading you now, a lot of it came, well, the facts is all coming from Kresser's book, The Paleo Code. Uh, everything else was from Healthline.com. In The Paleo Code, Kresser talks about the omega-3 to omega-6 ratio. And that in uh, Paleolithic man, in the diet we evolved to eat, the omega-3 to 6 ratio would be like 1 to 3, 1 to 2, 1 to 4. In modern people, it's more like 1 to 10, 1 to 20, 1 to 50 in some, if you were really, really simplified Western diet. And the problem there, like we said earlier, uh, omega-3 and 6 is found in the plants and then in the animals that eat the plants. So if you're, if you're eating only industrial meat that's getting fed only corn... There's not going to be much omega-3 in that beef. That's why grass-fed beef is that much better. Because it, it's you should be looking at that omega-3 ratio. That's why I do all my fish oils and all that stuff. And Yeah. Generally, uh, it looks like... It doesn't look like... I think that research isn't totally clear, but ome the more omega-6 you have, the more likely you have global inflammation. And omega-3 kind of just is like there. Like, it's not like there's a golden ratio. It's like omega-3 helps, omega-6 hurts. And it's like, I think they're not exactly clear about that yet. I'm sure they're working on it, they being Major League Baseball. Um, here's a little quick cheat sheet for our listeners. The oil cheat sheet. Oils you should use, good fats you should cook with, oils that are not just okay, but they are good. Coconut oil, palm oil, olive oil, ghee. Butter, lard, any animal fat, essentially. What oils you should avoid at all times are any of the industrial seed oils, soybean oil, peanut oil, corn oil, saffron oil. I wrote canal. Uh, I know it should say canola. Canola oil, sunflower oil. Right. Do you know what canola oil is made from? Rape seeds. Yeah. Yeah, that's why I don't call it that. Yeah, uh, also, if you haven't messed with Cooking with a diverse range of oils, there's something you should be wary of. What is it? What? Smoke point. Oh, yeah. 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 So I he, mean, a lot of those, like, super complex oils, like avocado <laughs> and coconut and all the clarified ghee butters are for ridiculously high smoke point. You can mm. heat them up quite a lot. Yeah. Whereas, you know, which the clarification is pulling out, like, like if you have a clarified ghee butter that's pulling out all the solids and the, and the, um, and the proteins out. Is there? Oh the, yeah, the, that makes you know, sense. The, the, yeah. Like the milk salads and stuff, so you're left with just the fat. So that's why clarified butter is like a higher smoke point because there's less in there to burn. Hmm. So it makes sense. I know some people that are lactose intolerant can uh, tolerate ghee. Oh yeah, that makes sense because it's just the fat and there's no um, dairy <laughs> in there anymore. I guess it would be. We just trace amounts, really. Yeah. <clears throat> wow. So that's why if you if you like put I did not a, know that. a tab of butter in a pan and you watch it, you can see. But the clear parts is the clar the clarified butter coming out and the white that's still in there. Oh. And when you're browning butter, that's browning all the milk salads that are in there. You can brown butter. You never heard of that? Imagine a ball of meat 
that gives you butter. It's gonna happen. <laughs> That'd be awesome. <laughs> yeah, if you uh, need to look up smoke points, you can check out that thing on the web called Google. Yeah. Uh, it, if you want to go more in depth into this, the, the the macros in here, you can check out Chris Kresser's book, The Paleo Code. It's like the encyclopedia for this stuff, man. It's super thorough. I'm just trying to be like the medium between this and that. You know, you don't have time to read that book. Reading's hard. Although the book has a lot of graphs and stuff. It's a really easy read. Giraffes? It's got giraffes, yeah. That's sweet. They're tall. Um, man, I, heard some, I heard a giraffe joke the other day. It was... Uh, uh, drafts can grow up to 15 feet, but usually they just have four. Oh, yeah. yeah that was it. <laughs> That's so good. <laughs> but giraffes don't even have feet, though. Don't they have hoofs? Hooves? Yeah, I guess they don't grow any feet. <gasps> Gasp. Or is, is a foot a hoof, or is a hoof a foot? Ooh. Or is it a dumpling or a Pop-Tart? It's a Pop-Tart. <laughs> oh, yeah, so that was another dense podcast. Uh, we'll probably... Very nutrient-dense. What? Very We'll jump back in on the macros later. Uh, that one will be pretty just information-based. But just a brief recap. We talked about nutrient density, how much d- nutrients is in your food. We talked about bioavailability, how available those nutrients are based on environmental factors, among other things. And then we broke down carbs, protein, and fat. Right? Generally, my advice to you would be eat less carbs, don't eat any, you should cut out sugars, all your sugars, unless you absolutely need them in certain things. Like, if you're putting sugar in your coffee, start weaning yourself off it, you don't need it. Drinking black coffee, drinking black coffee. I mean, you can put milk, now that I don't eat sugar, when I put milk in my coffee, it tastes sweeter, like, I could taste, (laughs) like, it's like, um, you're so inundated with sugar and artificial flavoring and all that crap. You're just, like, numbed out, and then you get rid of it, and all of a sudden, like, my, like, when I eat a bag of carrots now, because I will sit down and eat a whole bag of carrots, you can taste the difference between the carrots. It's, like, mm-hmm. really, like, distinct, like, even from the, from the bottom of the carrot to the top of the carrot and varying bags of carrots or even within the same bag of carrots. Like, it's like um, my, the resolution of flavor and sweetness has just expanded because I'm not inundating it, my tongue, with just sugar. If I have soda or like candy, I'm like, oh my god! It's like so powerful and pungent. The, uh, there's a uh, couple of chefs from uh, Quebec that have a restaurant and they they, uh, they made like a, a foie gras bun double down sandwich and he's like, this is for the generation of like like hyper colored. What's foie gras? Fra- foie gras is a uh, the engorged duck liver that people get all upset about because they think it's animal cruelty because it's basically an overfed duck that has a a sick liver that's you know this big oh yeah, and it's it sounds super fatty up. well they force feed them but ducks don't have any like well, well it, does it taste good yeah it's totally delicious it's, it's like man. super fatty it's <laughs> no, like okay. super good but the thing well, is they like you just take al- alcoholics that have fatty liver and then just kill them we eat those yeah okay i've always said you should you should we should fix the overpopulation and world hunger by combining the two. What? <laughs> That's pretty good. Genius. We should we should get you on TED Talk. Yeah. You'd say that sentence <laughs> and then walk off. And yeah. Everyone's like, "What?" Yeah. Just feed all the just feed all the fat dumb people to the poor kids. Hmm. <laughs> it's done. Yeah. All right. Let's end on that. That's a good note. Yeah, we're gonna end on eating <laughs> on cannibalism. 
What are the macronutrients? For the record, we, we don't support cannibalism and we I don't do. support animal cruelty. We support sound, conscientious food choices with a global view of the world. That's a way better synopsis than cannibalism. I'm out. Let's go. Yeah. <laughs> well, we're, we're going to go get some food right now. Oh, it's 1 o'clock. I haven't eaten since, like, I got a good, I'm probably about broke 14 hours again. That's a good thing. A good long fast. That's a beautiful thing. I don't know when I stop, stop eating at, like. You gotta like the podcast. Give us a review on iTunes. Watch it on YouTube. Give us a comment. Like I said, we, I want to get into some consultation. If you have any particular questions, email me, wrenchyourlife at gmail.com or DM us on Instagram. DM, DM us on Instagram. I'm here for you, baby.